This is the Retail Politics Podcast. Here we strive to give you the best political information about your nation. One download at a time. Here's your host, former congressional correspondent and award-winning reporter, Jerry Shields. Over 13 million Americans, one in 10, are descendants of Ireland, an ethnic group that has forged its traditions deep into American culture. Today, on our St. Patrick's Day edition, we'll discuss favorite Irish-American films from rom-com to rebellion with Saki O'Sullivan, a professor at Rollins College here in Winter Park, Florida, outside Orlando, who has taught and is steeped in Irish studies. Hello, Saki. Hello, Jerry. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you again. Well, it's about 25 years ago since you and I were kind of joined in a conspiracy to promote Irish culture in central Florida when I worked at the Orlando Sentinel. And at that time, and you're a super expert on Florida too, at that time, Florida was the fastest growing Irish American had the had the fastest growing number of Irish Americans in the nation. Um, why is that? And is it still going on? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the climate. The mm-hmm. Irish tend to look around our ancestral land and think, would I rather be here in the winter or in Miami, in Orlando? Mm-hmm. And that becomes a very easy answer for them. Also, the Irish economy has been so extraordinary. Yeah, and it's also boosted. I mean, I, I, and I guess also we have the we have the Irish coming from other states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and again, I guess it's the uh, it's the place to retire, and uh, it has caused the Irish culture to boom. I mean, when I was in Orlando with you, uh, man, Irish bars were popping up, and there was all kinds of great uh, stuff going on there. Yeah, plus we had an, a premier Irishman. Shaquille O'Neal, helping to represent the state. Yes, I remember that. Uh, you told me something I actually forgot about, uh, that I once uh, wouldn't allow you to buy me a pint of Guinness because of the ethics rules at the Orlando Center, which surprises me because I kill for a pint of Guinness. And it's just the, the, the stupidity of youth, I guess. Tell me that story. Right. Well, I was holding a class, and every other week we met at a local... Irish pub, the rules were very different in those days. And for a St. Patrick's Day story, Jerry asked if he could sit in on the class. And the article was wonderful, but the photo that accompanied it on the front page of the Sentinel showed my students at a table that had pints of Guinness around it. (laughs) Our president was not too pleased but I did offer to buy Jerry a Guinness, and he had to say he couldn't then. I think we got together once later on. And that's it. right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, you have become such an Irish-American fixture. I saw this, that in Orlando they they named 2019 St. Patrick's Day Saki O'Sullivan Day. Wow, that's pretty awesome. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. Yeah, I would have um, that. You know, if that would happen to me, I could die the next day, and my life's fulfilled. You know, that's just the way it is. You know, that's that's pretty good. So, uh, let's. Uh, you know, I, it's funny you mentioned Winter Park. They have a great it's a Irish uh, St. Patrick's Day parade, and I once danced it, and I covered this Irish troupe, and we danced in the St. Patrick's Day parade. And there I am, you know, jigging across the middle of the street, and my editor's there, and I'm like, oh my 
God, talk about embarrassment, but oh my God, we had some fun. So when we talk about Irish American films, I guess the one that rises um, in my old Irish neighborhood in Philly anyway was The Quiet Man. And, you know, it's the story of John Wayne's a boxer. He kills a guy in the ring in America, goes over, tries to find his ancestral home and buy it. There's an ogre landowner wants to fight him because he wants to date his sister. It's a, But it, it's an endearing film in the sense that you know, didn't do well in the box office and just like The Wizard of Oz and then became kind of a cult classic, um, kind of a movie. I know back home, everybody watches around St. Patrick's Day as you would watch It's a Wonderful Life around Christmas time. But what is so endearing about that movie, do you think, in, in, among the Irish? I think it's more among the Irish Americans. We love the film mm-hmm. because I think we love the sentimentality of it, the way every scene has some green in it. There's only Mm -hmm. one costume actually in this film that has a little bit of green when Maureen O'Hara puts on on a shawl. But the story itself from the very beginning when um, Barry Fitzgerald picks John Wayne up and takes him in the little carriage under a bridge it's as though they're going into another world, another universe. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. was a universe that was very comforting for Americans in that period, 1952, just after the war. There was a mm-hmm. lot of uncertainty. People were looking for a universe where Ike was president, that was mm-hmm. peaceful, that was romantic. And the film has all of that. The last time I showed it, however, I should add that I had a number of students who were concerned about some of the politically incorrect issues in it. Hmm. And I tried to explain, this is a fantasy, but the scenes where John Wayne grabs Maureen O'Hara and kisses her, Mm -hmm. it's the famous scene that is repeated in E.T., wonderfully they were unhappy about that the scene where john wayne pulls her along they were upset about that Mm -hmm. Um, it's easy to outrage a lot of college students in the 21st century sure sure and and it's interesting that scene and my guys back home can quote different lines from the movie and it's the one he's dragging her across the field because he's going to take her back to her brother and hand her over and he and this lady walks off with like a tree branch and said here's a nice stick to beat the lady (laughs) (laughs) but here's a nice stick to beat the nice lady she says um but you know it is funny because we can recite the lines i mean i remember sitting in a bar up in um lake county and i met a guy because we were we were in this bar it's crowded we're watching the quiet man we can't hear it so we're spitting the lines out and him and i are still great friends but the one line that always stood out to us was when barry fitzgerald goes over and he's trying to match make and he's a little impish guy and yeah. um he his maureen o'hara says would you like some whiskey with your water and he <laughs> says when i drink whiskey i drink whiskey when i drink water i drink water <laughs> which is just so it's a a wonderful one well um, what do you think um uh any scenes of the movie that were your personal favorites i um love the fight scene of course the 
that fight scene sprawling over the acres of Irish landscape. Um, the characters, Victor McLaughlin is just so wonderful. Yeah. John Wayne and the music in the background. Yes, it yes, is, yes. It's fantasy and we have to enjoy the fantasy. Yeah. I always like yeah. the fact that there's a, an interesting tribute in the film. John Wayne and John Ford chose Mary Kate for Maureen O'Hara's name. And it was a tribute both to John Wayne's wife, Mary, but they also wanted to give a tribute to Kate Hepper. Yeah, that's neat. And so the Mary Kate is for both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also the only Irish American film, I think, that actually uses the Irish language. Yes. When yes, she yes. goes to the priest to confess. Right. And she confesses. She cannot Gaelic, use the words right. in English. Yep. She uses the Gaelic, that's right. And uh, yeah, we could talk about this film just for this whole session, but the other great lie was when the, they had the <laughs> Protestant priest who John Wayne befriended, but it's a Catholic community and the priest is being observed or judged and, and uh, as he's riding away, the guy yells, I want you all to cheer like Protestants. <laughs> it's great. But um, what other Irish films kind of stand out for you? What, what are some of your favorites? Well, there's this you know, extraordinary connection between Ireland and America and even Ireland and Australia. There are all the Ned Kelly movies right. that the Australians have, including that really terrible one um, with the Ned Kelly with um, Mick Jagger back oh in 1970. That's, oh, my. I think there are. There are at least nine feature-length movies about that. <laughs> but in the United States, um, if you, when we think about it, everything from Mystic River and Million Dollar Baby to On yeah. the Waterfront, Cinderella Man, Goodwill right. Hunting, and they're yeah. all infused with that Irish-American sense of a connection with the old country mm -hmm. and the influence that it has on values and behavior and this is um you know right now there's actually a film nominated for the academy award belfast i don't know if you had a chance to see that i didn't get to see it i watched the trailers and it, it kind of it's brilliant yes it's i mean and it, it, it kind of and you can tell me more i mean kind of um romanticizes you know playing in the street and those are things we i did here in america in my neighborhood in philly kensington you know playing in the street you went out in the morning and your mother didn't call you back till dinner time tell us a little bit about belfast and what you thought of it well it's kenneth branagh's mm -hmm. memories of growing up in belfast on a single street a young boy is the central figure his father is jamie dornan um Everybody remembers him from Fifty Shades of, what is it, Green? Blue? Green. Something I haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there, it just is wonderful family, which is Protestant, living in a Catholic neighborhood and constantly threatened by the Protestant toughs mm -hmm. to reject the Catholics and drive them out of the neighborhood. And they love their neighbors and they're close mm -hmm. to their neighbors. Eventually they do what so many of the Irish had to do back in the 1950s, pack up and move to England. Mm -hmm. um, 
this, this was actually set up after that during the Troubles. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, it is like the quiet man romanticized. The father becomes a heroic figure mm-hmm. the, on a small scale, but it's just beautifully filmed. Kenneth Brown. Yeah, black did, and white. Black and white, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for the very introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, Branagh did so much, so brilliantly in his Shakespeare films. Mm-hmm. He is just a wonderful filmmaker. It's kind of a nice segue because we talk about that struggle, and that struggle seems to be in almost every Irish movie, um, even referenced in The Quiet Man. But, I mean, so much of that. Why is that? I mean, is that something that is just going to be... I mean, it's just such a big part of Ireland, you know, the fact that the British have ruled them for 800 years and they've been trying to get independence. They did in 1921 from the south. The north is still controlled by the British. That struggle seems to be the theme in almost every movie. It is. It's um, Happiness is not really a prevailing characteristic of the Irish. We tend mm-hmm. to actually celebrate our troubles. Gilbert Keith Chesterton. <laughs> The great British poet once said, the great gales of Ireland are the men whom God made mad for all their wars are merry and all their songs are sad. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And true. So true. Yeah. um, And that's the troubles, the the, um, Irish Civil War, the rebellion against England, followed by the Civil War, the troubles of the 60s, the troubles in the 90s, and all of them were really important moments that shaped the way the Irish saw the world, even though right now they are considered one of the best economies in Europe. Mm-hmm. And the last Celtic year, tiger, right? it was the Irish tiger, and then the Irish tiger died. Now they call it the Celtic phoenix. Oh because it's had a resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, the United Nations moved Ireland into second place, passing Switzerland as the, not the happiest nation on earth, but the nation that had the most fulfilled people in huh. education, economics. Wow. Wow. Which is not the Ireland you and I remember from our childhood. No, 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 not at all. And one of my favorite Irish movies, and it's not considered, it's an Irish movie, but not considered in that traditional struggle kind of thing. And it was the commitments, you know, that these guys try to form a rock band. And there's a young guy named Jimmy, and he wants to play black soul music from America. And these guys are like, what What do you want to do this for? And he basically says, the Irish are the blacks of Europe. And he goes, I want you all to say it now. I'm black and I'm proud. <laughs> all these skinny <laughs> white guys, you know. But explain that blacks of Europe lie to you. Well, there's an awful lot of connection, actually, historically between the Irish and the blacks. And that movie was made just before the Celtic Tiger came into play, um, the Harlem Literary Renaissance was actually named after the Irish Literary Renaissance. And James Weldon Johnson, the Floridian, who named the Irish, I'm sorry, the Harlem Literary Renaissance, said that he was 
modeling what was happening culturally to what had happened in Ireland. Hmm. Um, and the, the, the Irish have always had a bit of a chip on their shoulder, this little rocky outcropping far to the west of the rest of Europe. Mm-hmm. As it looks back on Europe, so much of its tradition is different. We still keep a lot of those Celtic traditions. So many of those Irish saints were actually pagan deities mm-hmm. and Irish customs. The, there's that wonderful play and movie, Dancing at Lunasa, mm-hmm. in which everybody lets loose to dance in celebration of the moon. And um we we also had that one, and again, it is probably not considered as much an Irish movie as just a great drama. It was phenomenal actor Daniel Day Lewis. I think he won the Academy Award for playing a wheelchair bound, you know, angry, frustrated man. And it was my left foot. And there's a key, key scene in the bar where he just ignites this brawl, and you know, he is a fan of the Guinness. Um, Irish are always portrayed and, as drinkers and fighters, and I remember the term paddy wagon and. and America, the police wagons was was named because of the hauling these Irish hooligans to jail in the late 1800s. But um, that reputation for drinking or fighting, where does that come from, do you think? When the Irish came to the United States, they were closed out of a lot of careers. And the one career that was open to them was going into the police. I remember when I was young, my father was a um, speechwriter for politicians and he would take me down to city hall and we'd sit in offices and watch people come in with their sons trying to get them either into the police department or the fire department uh-huh. and it was you know, that was considered moving into the middle class mm-hmm. at least in our world I, I did want to mention since um, you brought up my left foot, that Christy Brown story. There's a Daniel Day Lewis has a lot of really good Irish movies, and it makes sense since he's a dual citizen. His dad was born in Ireland mm-hmm. before he became poet laureate of England. Um, but the movie The Boxer is, uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see it, mm-hmm. it's an absolutely wonderful movie about an IRA gunman who gets out of prison and does not want to fight for the cause. He -hmm. wants to be a professional boxer. Mm -hmm. And he has to win over the leaders of the IRA and the Sinn Féin. And since it's Lewis, who is Mm -hmm. just a brilliant actor, he does Mm -hmm. an extraordinary job with it. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he truly is amazing. And I guess it was uh, uh, was the other movie he did, "The Sins of the Father." Or, in the name of the father. In the name of the father, where he in the, was in the jail, and uh, again, just just right. amazing, um, amazing acting. And it was about the Irish struggle and you know being in prison because of the cause. Um, and 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 that. Um, and I remember too that the one movie, the uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, where they 
they play oh. these settlers, the Irish huh. settlers in the late teen on 1800s. And there's this great scene where they, they're, they're out in the West and, and everybody's lined up to claim their land. And there's this starter cannon and everybody just starts running across the land and kind of planting the flag. And it was kind of a, to me, it was a metaphor for the whole Irish movement. You know, they come over here after the famine in 1845 and they take jobs in you know, bars and hotels as chambermaids and just kind of build themselves up so they get into the unions and the police. And But, um, you know, planting that flag on that stake of land really kind of um, served as a, a symbol of that, that nation. And I think of today, I think of the Hispanics coming over, the you know, the Mexicans and people from Central America. And they're kind of, they're kind of who our people were those years ago, kind of, we were them and they are us kind of thing right now. Um, do you see it that way? Absolutely. I think we were archetypal immigrant community. Um, we've integrated fully. I was lucky that I was aware of the world before John F. Kennedy became president mm-hmm. and um, watching the way the world for us changed. We now hear among many of the women, the need, many women, the need to shatter the glass ceiling. Mm. Kennedy shattered our glass ceiling. And once he became president, it was possible for us to do anything. Mm. I mean, my father Mm. cried that night. It was just Mm. wonderful to see, not wonderful to see him crying, but wonderful to see what it meant. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I I I grew up in the neighborhood, and, and Kennedy was really he had come through the neighborhood, I guess, um, the month before he won the election. It was an Irish American neighborhood. Everybody was crazy, and then when he was killed. Um, it was like I, I wrote a book about a, a veterans club there, and it really, it really, it really just numbed them because he was everything they were. He was an Irish Democrat veteran, um, and and that was something that really. I remember the prayer cards were made in a factory around the corner at Kennedy's prayer cards, right. and that was just so, a uh, numbing. So one of the, one of the themes that I always found interesting in the films because of the way I grew up in Jersey City, where there's a real conflict between the Irish and the Italians. (laughs) That's right. Everybody who looked at us from the outside couldn't see any difference, but of course we did. And there are two movies. um, One is On the Waterfront, of course, Mm -hmm. where that conflict comes out in very subtle ways. But then there's the great Coen Brothers movie, Miller's Crossing. Uh-huh. which makes it political. Right. And like most of the Coen brothers movies, it's just fun to watch because you never know what's going to happen next. Right. 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 Well, the, the other movie and I, I, I make fun of it was the Irishman, which came out recently and they had Robert De Niro and I, an Italian guy playing the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> and I just right. thought it was a horrible movie because I read the book. The book was called, I heard you paint houses, which was a phrase used to me. And I heard, you, you know, I know you, I understand you kill people. And then the, the other mm-hmm. phrase was, and I do my own carpentry, which meant I bury the body. I get rid of it. But, um, it, that was, just to, to see him playing an Irishman because the guy in the book was a guy named Sheehan who was right. you know as Irish as the day is long so have you yeah. seen Rebellion at all on Netflix yet? Yes the series 
Yeah, it's a, it's just, a very good series. Well, the thing that nice... is, yeah, the thing that's so striking about it is, you know, when we think about the Irish struggle and the people that were held up as heroes, they were always men, right? Evan Neverlair, uh, Michael Collins, but it showed the women's role in the re- in the rebellion. It showed the women's role and the critical role they played in the espionage, uh, particularly in 1960. Talk a little bit about that. I think the film does that. It also makes a nice point with that opening from, I believe it's the Mikado, mm-hmm. where the whole sense of all of the colonization that had gone on is there and the Irish are trying to stand up to it. That film is you know, following most modern traditions. But as you pointed out, we never, we, at least on the Irish, Irish-American side, we never complain when Marlon Brando a nice Italian boy plays um, Terry Malloy in On the Waterfront, or you know when people other than the Irish play the Irish, we're actually happy about that. We celebrate it. Um, I'm enormously happy on St. Patrick's Day when I see African Americans dressed in green yes. and waving Irish yes. flags. Yes. And I think that's an important characteristic of our culture that Mm -hmm. we love it when people embrace us. Mm -hmm. We do not want to cut ourselves off. There are so many black people with Irish names, which obviously is descendants probably of slavery and their slaveholders being Irish. But um, you're right. They do. They do celebrate as, you know, the old line. Everybody is everybody is Irish on St. Patrick's Day is is the old line. But I wanted to talk about the the rebellion, the, the Netflix series. What did you think about that? I thought it was very good. I, um, I was, as I was watching it, there were scenes I wanted to edit and I wanted to change it. Um, <laughs> you I, took your crayon, you're yeah, on the TV, it, it, <laughs> color the TV. It, there's a problem with knowing something about a period and yes, wanting yes, to see something yes. else done. But I thought they, they did a very nice job. I have to admit, I liked the movie Michael Collins. Oh, yeah. Well, Liam a Neeson. little bit more yeah. than that. Yeah. Um, and I'm really... I've always been a Julia Roberts fan, but right. when I found that she asked to have a minor role in the film to help its box office, wow. I fell even more in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty Woman did a pretty good job of getting in love with her, but yeah, her willingness to help out her friends. Liam that's Neeson a nice story. Others. Yeah, that's a nice it's story. Wonderful. Liam Neeson was awesome in that, yeah. yeah. Rebellion is... It's fine. You, you really liked that series, didn't you? I did, because uh, only because of it, it highlighted the women who never really got the credit for being part of the struggle. Uh, you know, there's that one woman, she's in the office of the British government, and she's just slipping all the documents to the IRA. And uh, I never knew that they played such an es- that role in the espionage, which was very critical to the struggle. And then back to Lady Gregory and the Irish literary renaissance and... The Countess Markowitz, you know, who was very active in the with the IRA back during the days of the Irish Rebellion, Irish Revolution. Right. There were figures like that, but one of the nice things you write about rebellion is it shows you hate to call them average women, but women who don't stand out 
from all the others, except yeah. for the fact that they provide uh, so much of the, the essence to what was going on and the support for people. And they fought. I mean, they joined the men in fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we used to always have that saying, there is no IRA and we'll kill anybody who says there is. Uh, that yeah. was always the, <laughs> was always yeah. the saying. And, uh, it's just, uh, well, when you, when you think of Irish films and, and what's been made, what would you like to see made? What, ha, what has not been made that you think, you, you know, you'd like to see happen? I would like to see a really good film about James Joyce. Mm-hmm. Because I think he was such a remarkable figure. And um, he's also important in the history of film in Ireland since he opened the first Irish movie theater huh. back in 1909. Hmm. Um, he came back to Dublin, wanted to be an entrepreneur. That didn't work out. And then he decided to turn to his other career of writing, become a novelist. Hmm. But I think his travels around Europe and his relationships and his his just his genius would be wonderful subject to try and capture on film. They made a couple of movies. That's a great idea. Based on the novels, but none of them really works that well. They're kind of yeah, film club yeah. films. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, Ken Burns just did that series on Hemingway, which I was, I was like, wow, we're going to spend that much time on Hemingway. But James Joyce, right. uh, great <laughs> subject. So, I mean, here we go. So you heard it here first on the Retail Politics Podcast. This is where we started the James Joyce movie. My friend, it was wonderful to talk to you and catch up with you again. I'm so glad to see you still doing uh, your thing in, uh, in Central Florida. I'm here in St. Petersburg, so I'm going to get up to Winter Park and let you buy me that Guinness. Uh, finally you know I'd 25 years <laughs> later so i appreciate you being on today and we will be back next week with another thrilling edition of the retail politics podcast until then always remember to read beyond the headlines have a great week with the front row award-winning reporter gerard shields takes you into the vanishing world of print news to a time when stories were reported not invented or twisted. Imagine you have press credentials in the front row with Shields throughout his decades-long newspaper career covering political corruption, scandal, and heroics during the critical events of our time. With dozens of Amazon five-star reviews, Shields' latest work, The Front Row, is a passionate study of American journalism while delivering his own invaluable life lessons. The Front Row by Gerard Shields. Available now at Amazon.com. You guys talked about the fight scene in Quiet Man, and no one used the word Donnybrook. Oh, <laughs> the actual. <laughs> that was a Donnybrook. That is a that was that's a, that's a great. That's that great. Was. That's great, Brad. You're right. We did not use that you word. You guys are talking about that. And I love that word. My muted microphone, Donnybrook. It's a Donnybrook. <laughs> <laughs>